Hello and welcome to the Podcat Podcast, the premier podcast of the Podcat Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Sammy B in the place to be. And I'm joined as always by the incomparable, the magnificent, the straight A getting, ice cream eating, beautiful as all heck, Veronica! Also last name Brady. Yeah. yeah. How do you like my intro game? It's actually very good. It really gets me pumped. Uh-huh. Um, I like it most when you do it before we have intercourse, though. (laughs) (laughs) But then we use our wrestler names and everything, too. (laughs) You know, my channel when I do intros to podcasts now is Kuat Blaisak. I have heard her. Because she is such a great host, and she puts other people at ease. I just kind of channel my inner Kulap. I tried to do that once for a work podcast, and everyone hated it. They were, like, (laughs) just not into it, and I just thought, well... This room sucks. Um, some of those work things, the way the room feels, like the room has like a strong mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to craft that mood correctly. <laughs> sometimes if it just gets weird, it stays weird. It's a little different, I feel like. The thing about it is, is that sometimes you walk into that room and it's like, well, I'm the only Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> and also it's like, why am I the only one with a fierce goof commitment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's me all the time. <laughs> yeah. You get so frustrated with Tired Sam because he loses his ability to string goofs, to appreciate callbacks, to, <laughs> and you just don't like it. <laughs> he just doesn't understand your humor at some point. I, don't, I do. But like when Sam gets super tired, he can't really get it. <laughs> you yeah. hate it. You do not like it. <laughs> no, I don't like it at all. I like, divorce him every time. <laughs> that's why we have to keep getting married because I keep divorcing you because of your lack of goof commitment. See, the listeners don't know that we had a bet plan to get married all that time because of technical difficulties. Yeah. But we do. We're going to get married very often. Yeah, exactly. We've already been married twice. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So. Been, that's also true. We've been married twice. Uh, you should know that I've got very expensive taste in rings. Yes. And I'm looking to get my current ring replaced. Yes. Oh, very accidental expensive taste in rings. Because I end up coming to a frugal decision, but I walk through and I'm just like, ooh, look at that. Well, let's tell the whole story. So, um, of course, we went to Jared's. Like a Russian oligarch, we went to Jared. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that was very funny. Thank you. That's, I think I'm Matt Iglesias. Oh. From like 2006. (laughs) Well, either way. Yeah. Um, So, anyways. uh, Wait, did you say 2006? Teen. Teen. Yeah, 2016. Not <laughs> that was very funny. I was like, wait, what happened in 2006? <laughs> he was ahead of about? his time. <laughs> he was writing this. We just didn't listen. <laughs> um, listen, there's somebody coming along called Barack Obama, but the person after him, I got to write about that. <laughs> watch out, y'all. <laughs> uh, there are things we know we know. <laughs> I, I can't focus on the Iraq war right now. <laughs> Future to predict. Oh, He's man. a real Cassandra of our time. Oh, boy. Uh, so in any event, uh, we go to Jared, mm-hmm. and we have already picked out my ring, I believe, right? Yes. So we've already picked out my ring. This is uh, in 2017, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, when we were getting married the second time. Yes. And the lady there, we tell her what our... No, we don't tell her what our budget is. Yeah, but she, she's she been working on this not that she's got a, a good ballpark idea. So yeah. she, she understands, and she's trying very hard to work within that. She knows how much we spent on my ring, and classically, that women's rings are always going to cost more than 
the man's ring. She has in her mind a hard ceiling on one yeah. third of that original price tag. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is not the case. <laughs> if there were all the money in the world, I would probably still have picked my ring and then you could have whatever you want. I uh-huh. really want you to be happy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, Sammy B. Yeah. She, she curates a selection <laughs> for me and I walk way away from it and I find one way out of the way and I'm just like, this looks interesting. And I look at it and I see the first number and I see the second number I see the third number and I see the fourth number and I only see the fourth number. I don't see that there's more than four digits attached to this thing. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of expensive, but it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much money. And there's more numbers than just four. <laughs> and so Sam Brady says... Could you take this out? And he puts it on, and it's like it fits like a glove. It looks none of them fit. This no, one fit that it. one. Yeah, none of the other rings fit. This yeah. is the one that fit him. Uh-huh. It looked beautiful on him. Uh-huh. And if I can tell you, it looked the ring itself gave you a feeling of like what it would be like to wear the opening credits to Game of Thrones. <laughs> that is what it felt like. Mm-hmm. It Very was a gorgeous fantasy. ring. Oh, so beautiful. Um, but then the lady was just so, no one can ever afford this ring. <laughs> so Can I interest you in a classic gold ring, sir? <laughs> yeah. She's like, there are lots of different types of bands that you can have. But the ring was so beautiful. Uh I don't know. I've never seen a a man's wedding ring that looked like that before. It was really pretty. Kind of ornate. Yeah, it was extremely ornate. Mm -hmm. Um, It looked like it could be a mouse's crown. (laughs) (laughs) What an excellent idea for a ring. The thought of that ring. That's really cute. Okay, so that's it. (laughs) <laughs> That's the so story. listener when we make a big Sam will probably have a really pretty ring <laughs> so Veronica what's on your mind how's life um I got all A's this semester yes actually Me too. I got all A's and one A minus which took it was my only A minus ever and it took my 4.0 to a 3.98 that's where you're at now it's 3.98 yeah I'm Ooh. devastated. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so upset. I don't know how I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm very sorry for your loss there. Just kidding. I would never be a lawyer. I don't <laughs> want to hurt myself. I think of the two of us, uh, I would probably be the one who would enjoy being a lawyer more. What do you think? Well. I like endless hours and stupid work that is done. I like both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like hard work that is sometimes unfulfilling. <laughs> losing <laughs> and I like complicated work for you to fight for every inch so I think I'm, I, I think there's a lot of things I play Starcraft and Dark Souls for fun and I have since I was eight well okay not Dark Souls but so Starcraft. if you had it to do over again would you so would you tell you know 16 year old Sam hey get on this path to da, 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 da. like if you could really impart your feelings into a younger version of yourself what career would you... I don't think it would be career advice for him. I think it would just no, be... No, no, no. I'm asking you what the career advice would be. Well, I'd be interested to have him find something else, but the very actionable advice that would lead to career stuff would be don't go to school in Utah, even though you've got this very great economic deal at the school that's supposed to be secular, but like it's going to be such a fucking nightmare. Just leave the state. Go to but anywhere I'm, else. I'm just asking what your career would be. I think you'd find as... I don't think I would want to give advice on that one. I'm not asking you that. I'm just saying, like, if, if I you're, had to, you're gonna. If you're, if har- you're, I'm you're be harmed if I don't. No, if your life had gone in a different direction, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. Just like, what would your career be? Um, I could na- very naturally see myself being a lawyer. It would, it would. You'd have to go back way before sixteen to get me on a different path. Sure. To anything from government, uh, politics, public service, mm-hmm. um, and volunteer activism, sort of a thing. Yeah. That's deep in my bones. Well before I'm sixteen. Well, I could absolutely see you as an attorney. I think that would be something you would super enjoy. I think you would just enjoy the work, mm-hmm. um, which so many people get to that point and then they decide, I hate the work. Mm. Um, so I know several attorneys that are just like, oh, I want anything else but this, yeah, anything else. For sure. But I actually think that you would really enjoy it. Do so. you know that one guy that we both know? It was just <coughs> like, man, I've earned this. This is my summer. I'm going to relax because I've been in school for the past 16 years and it's time to cut loose. And we thought, boy, PhD, master's program, what are you talking about? No, he meant high school, elementary school, pre-K, and college. And it was like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so what? It's summertime and you're going to relax because it's summertime? Because that's all that fucking means. There's not a special asterisk on it for you. You're just a grown-up. you Fucking weirdo. Yeah. I love that person, though. He's great. He's great. I love him. So funny. And I love how he phrases his life very dramatically like that a lot of the times. Mm. It's it's really fun. (laughs) I remember, like, parsing, totally taking a different meaning at first and then coming back around to what he actually meant. That was so funny. And I think, like, so we're at a a picnic and he tells us this. And Sam and I are both, like, kind of sitting on a picnic blanket and we're like, wow, you know, what are you doing in the current career? Yeah. We were both, like, so (laughs) flabbergasted. And he's like, oh, no, I'm at, like, high school and stuff and, you know, elementary school. and Blank stairs. (laughs) And we were just, what? (laughs) So confused. And you could tell, like, he saw our face and was just like, no one else ever says it like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was very cute. I do love kind of low stakes drama queens at yeah, work. It was fun. Very fun. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, <laughs> I would love your nails. They're so pretty. Oh, thank you. Um, if you are a person that likes to get your nails done but can't afford the, either the expense or the time, I have found something that I like more than... Uh, I don't know what it's called, like the dip or whatever. Mm. Um, I used to really enjoy getting the dip thing done because they lasted a long time. But this is just a base coat, nail polish, and then a, a top coat by Morgan Taylor. You can get it at Ulta. I've got it in like a kind of a gold, a, a very... Um, oh, man. What's the Lion House? Lannister. It's a very Lannister gold right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I have garden. I've done gardening plants. I've built several things at work. It looks great. It's perfect. Yeah. And uh, it hasn't shipped at all. And I am on my seventh day. Um, so I'll probably end up taking it off to... Um, and you just got your nails done at a place right beforehand. Oh, yeah. Hated I, it. Didn't last. Yeah, it didn't last at all. And so um, this is a... a, a a manicure that you can give yourself at home. It dried really fast, which I'm really impatient. So, um, Morgan Taylor, if you're if you're looking for a really good thing, and um, it's great. I'll, I'll do a tweet about the base coat and the top coat. It's really very good. cool. Nails are so fun. I have to ration myself the number of compliments I give the people around me at work if I do nails because I would talk about it too much if left to my own devices. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to like 
well, I don't know, a couple times a week, <laughs> talk about the new nails and how cool they are. <laughs> and That's not funny. do more than that. No, I really like it. I like it. But I do notice them notice. every time. Mm-hmm. Every time people have new nails around me. That's something I'm immediately drawn to and notice. Yeah, I um, I looked this up and I kind of found this through something that was kind of like a BuzzFeed article or something. Mm-hmm. Of like the best uh, home manicure systems of 2017 or something like that. Um, but yeah, I found it and I only got the one color just in case it didn't work out for me. But you can bet your sweet Asper cream I'm going to be going to get more colors. <laughs> it's great. How fun. So, yeah. So should we tell them about the best podcast episode that exists <coughs> of anything? Sure. So you, the hunt is over. You found it and you can just listen to this one episode over and over again in the rest of your life. And you're going mm-hmm. to feel good. Because that's what we do, pretty much. All the time. It's very long. It's so good. It's just the gift mm. that keeps on giving. It's called The Wit and Wisdom of the West by Dalton Wilcox. It is the first episode of the original run of the Andy Daly Pilot Podcast Project, or Podcast Pilot Project, depending on when you ask them. Mm-hmm. Came out in about 2014, and I think it's behind the paywall on Stitcher Premium, but you should pay the $5 to download it and, and just have it, because it's worth it, and there's a lot of other good shows that are great, too. Yeah. And it is so fucking funny. It yeah. Is hilarious. So the weekend that Sam moved down... Um, I dropped my phone. It was a, an older iPhone and it had shattered my screen. And at the time, the only, the only remedy was to drive two hours into Dallas to go and get it repaired. And he had us listen to this very long podcast. It's like early Cthulhu and friends where it's like going on two hours, right? Mm. It's very long. Um, or it's, like early D and D, yeah, like yeah. where it's like fucking three hours, and then you're like, wrap it up, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, oh shit, what was I gonna say? Yeah, we we listened to it, and I remember laughing so hard on the trip that like I was just crying, and it was our first time to ever be like in a kind of longish distance car ride uh-huh. together, and it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. It was great. Yeah. It was the it was the first time we saw um, a super funny Christian billboard. Oh boy! Um, of Jesus's hand with um, nails with a stake through, it, through blood. it, nails gross as nothing but viscera and disgust, and underneath it, it's like hashtag nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and we both saw it and looked at each other like what, yeah. and then died laughing and. I regret so much we didn't not get a picture. Rip, whipping back around and sharing that with the internet. I saw somebody at a facility the other day who had a very gruesome Jesus shirt that looked kind of like that. It was just blood everywhere. Uh-huh. And it said, his pain is your gain. Oh, shit. <laughs> I hope that it was a like sleeveless, it... sleeveless like workout tank. <laughs> No, it was a big baggy white t-shirt with just red blood all over it. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't wait to buy that for myself. <laughs> I almost want to have like a bunch of Christian t-shirts that to just wear. There was one time we bought a Jesus candle. No, we only buy Jesus candles. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we only buy Jesus candles for emergencies. Mm-hmm. So we have a ton of... Because um... who else do you want to light your way? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're the cheapest ones. Yeah. They're the cheapest and most long-lasting, and they're in a glass vessel, right? Uh-huh. So um, there was a point where we had a ton of tornadoes coming through, just Ugh, like year after year. There were fucking many. There was so tons. Bad. 
the global warming was especially bad at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a bad El Nino that yeah. was motivated by climate change, motivated by that's the reason that it happened. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'll show you. No, there was this especially strong El Nino, which has a lot to do with warming oceans, which led to a lot of like a long storm season. You don't have to convince me. I believe in global warming. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for letting me get to this. Just kidding. Anyways. Yeah, everyone around would be like this joke of, oh, I guess it's global warming, huh? And it's like, well, actually, yes. yes. It is, and we're all going to die. Yeah, Thanks. 100%. <laughs> uh, my grandmother always says, she's like, global warming, and it's freaking freezing outside. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And she's just like, well, but isn't it supposed to get hotter? I was like, oh, my fuck. <laughs> we're just talking about crazy extremes. Think about, just forget it's global warming and just think like... Climate change. Climate change. Uh-huh. Over the course of... I had to, I can't for a grade at a college I paid money for, in that crazy conservative college I went to, read a book report on Michael Creighton's State of Fear. Where like, the entire half of the book is basically like, why was it global warming, but now it's climate change when it doesn't fit the facts that are out there. See, they're moving the goalpost, folks. It's all out there. Writing on the wall. They're trying to trick you. I had to pay money to be taught that bullshit. I would have paid money to shit on that bullshit. Yeah, it was, it was real... That's disgusting. It was real gross. It was a very gross place. I, I wrote a paper about the super racist professor that did super racist things to us. Yeah, that's cool. I, I worked at this class. I didn't go to more than two things of this class, but... Very early on, one was uh, Fox News clips that we watched about, uh, I'm not going to dignify it, but kind of talking about what it purported to be. But what it amounted to was selections of them interviewing all black people. There was not a person who was not a person of color who were trying to collect certain um, public services and couldn't really adequately say what they're trying to do or why. And the idea is just to talk about this rampant abuse and everything like that. And this is one of this, this professor's opening gambits to talk about. Like, they're not going to talk about how crazy this Fox News is. We talk about how people don't understand or appreciate services and they're being abused. And not a single example of any of these things that this white professor um, showed was not a was was a person that wasn't black. Wow, that is so upsetting. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Institutional racism is fucking real, mm-hmm. and I get so worked up when people are just like. Yeah, but like it doesn't really happen everywhere. It's only in ugh. it's only where things are bad. It doesn't happen. I had someone who I'm pretty close with was like, "Yeah, that doesn't that kind of stuff doesn't happen in our community. Our community is really tight knit." And I will tell them stories about how I've encountered racism, and they're like, "But that's mostly just like that's your experience. That's not most people's experience." I was like, right, it's not most white people's experience, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating to me when, you know, you get followed around in a store or, you know, things like that. And it's just, it's so stupid, but it, it happens. Yeah. And it happens in every fucking community. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, where you live. It, it's happening to people. It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's so sad that that's, you know, still something that people are taught as like, oh yeah, well, don't you know? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. The one other thing I remember the professor did before I stopped going to his classes and dropped out the second class, and I really wish complained more about him, mm-hmm. but I did not. As as eighteen year old, and I feel very guilty about that. But the one other thing he decided to rant about uh, was Hillary Clinton. We went on a big thing. Oh about. boy! 
So I've been a real big Hillary Clinton fan. I don't know if anyone yeah. from this podcast knows. <laughs> uh, I've been a real big Hillary Clinton fan since, oh, I don't know, like 1996. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've never been able to, like, let a, let a comment pass me of, like, oh, Hillary Clinton, am I right? I'd be like, actually, no. She's brilliant. Uh-huh. She's very good. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go on. I've never been able to hold my tongue on that. Yeah. And that's... And you shouldn't. I really think that's she's the only person that I've ever really done that for. Like, people will say bad things about Barack Obama, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. You can have your own opinion. Uh-huh. But, like, you say bullshit to me about Hillary Clinton, I will go off. Yeah. To this day. I'm so glad that you... Ugh, I makes me so awesome. mad. I got my uh, my sweatshirt signed by Wendy Davis yeah. at South by Southwest. I went to a panel and met her and got to talk to her and all sorts of stuff. It was so cool. So my goal, um, my sweatshirt is, um, it's a, a, the White House and it says, a woman's place is in the White House. And um, I got Wendy Davis to sign that. And for those of you that don't know who Wendy Davis is, fucking Googler. <laughs> uh, but my goal is to get Liz Warren, Tammy Duckworth, and uh, Hillary Clinton to sign that. That'd be great. It'd be so fun. That'd be very cool. That's an awesome goal. Yeah. yeah. So, in any event. Uh, so, this is our you know 69th that, podcast. Wendy, this is not, I don't think. This is not? Probably not. Probably Numbering not. a little weird, but I think this is like 68 or something. Whew. Okay. Yeah. Let's wait. Do you want me to check? Do you want me to pause and check? I'll pause and check. Ah, it went dark in here. <laughs> Just kidding. It did actually go dark, but I'm not scared of the dark. Okay. Don't worry about it. And then I said, drop your socks and grab your throttles, boys. We're going in. And that was the last anyone needed to say about that. Yeah. And also, this is episode 67. Yeah. <laughs> the sexiest number. The sexiest number. So let's talk about Hillary Clinton. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so yeah, that's my goal is to get my sweatshirt signed by all these fabulous women. And then... Do you know that watching Wendy Davis's filibuster live on TV like I did helped me be more excited about, interested in, and open to the idea of moving to Texas? Really? It really did a lot for me, expanding the map on where places I felt that I could live. Mm-hmm. I think that Texas is actually a really good place right now. I think so too, but I like read about Texas politics afterwards and oh, like yeah. some of the movements and everything, and it, it felt like a fun thing to be a part of and, and a really important and interesting thing having a moment. And I love being a very active person in Texas mm-hmm. now. I, I, there's a whole like <clears throat> area of the world I wouldn't have been open to if it wasn't brought up in Wendy Davis. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's a she's an inspiration. It's a terrible. She gets a really bad rap, but uh, she gets that rap because she's divorced. And I hate that, that for is her. Um, you know, uh, clearly men don't have that problem. No. But um, yeah, she divorced her husband and is remarried, has a wonderful family, is happy, all of these things, and just constantly gets slammed as like, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't adhere to our family values. Like, you know what? In Texas, we get divorced at the same rate as everybody else. Sure. Fuck yourself. Uh-huh. The family values of shackling people to whatever yeah. faith they, yeah, yeah. To, to whatever I'm believing. Your life is a believe. dice roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about today? I don't know. You look so gorgeous. I oh, just thank love you. you. I love you too. My um, hair is purple. So excited to decompress. I got a whole bunch of uh, flex hours to burn, so I might sleep in a little tomorrow or something. Oh, shit. I got a really busy day tomorrow. 
I have to get back to my regular job. So I do have a lot of things I have to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> but I also kind of feel like just easing my way back into it. <laughs> I I'm, feel you. I'm coming right off a special project that was kind of huge. Yeah. I ended up getting like, uh, well, so I went to South by Southwest, uh, which was during spring break in March. And that was 13 days of being awake from like 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Just we were just fucking go, go, go for 13 days straight. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had a really big fundraising and membership drive for the nonprofit that I'm the director of. And that was thousands and thousands of dollars kind of on the line. And all these things were just kind of going on. And uh, it was just really... It was a lot, but I ended up getting super sick two days beforehand, Um, and then that progressed into a sinus infection that I could not shake, still haven't shaken, Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been sick for weeks, Mm -hmm. and uh, this was also during finals, so that was real great, and uh, yeah, it was just terrible. April was really hard for me this month, in a way that it, it was not. Uh, last year, yeah, it was a challenge in April for sure. And last year, April, I got married and opened a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it was a it, to say that this year was harder is it's to really say something. something. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it was good. Still, still got my my sweet sweet grades though. So I'm happy about that. Cool. Read any good books lately? Uh, yeah, I've read a lot of books actually. Mm. Um, what's a really good book I've read? Oh, shit. Oh, I freaking really enjoyed the James Comey book that came out. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you ever finish it? I did not. You did? Oh, man. It was so good. I think I finished it in like two days listening Mm. to it. It was so good. Um, I hate James Comey. Mm -hmm. Fucking hate that man. Yeah. Um, And I really feel like after having read that book, I understand a lot more of his um, decision making uh, his background and why he would choose to make certain decisions. Um, I really, I really think that he acted with um, his own uh, sense of integrity, and uh, I just wish that you know, instead of being so singularly focused on protecting um, agencies that were important to him, mm-hmm. he would have acted more on behalf of. Um, protecting agencies that were important to more people mm-hmm. you know I, I, I don't know it's kind of you know the the do you do you hit some one person that you know or five people you don't know trolley exercise yeah thing. well it's always good the world would be so much better if there are a lot more people that you disagreed with disliked but felt for principled rational yes. actors mm-hmm. that is that is the world that we want to build for ourselves again mm-hmm. where you certainly don't get along with everyone. Certainly, you, you fight for for different things, but the yeah, I I think I people I act as good faith actors, yes. out of their own sense of, of of right and wrong. Having an understanding of what someone is thinking when they're making decisions, I think, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently, our daughter asked us. She's like, what is ethics? Just like out of the, out of the blue. Yeah. And so we talked to her about the, uh, was it the Heinz Heinz story? Oh, the Heinz dilemma. Um, which if you don't know what the Heinz dilemma is, just Google that. That's, Mm -hmm. it's a really interesting. It's a really good one to quiz people different ages Mm -hmm. because it's uh, foundational to developmental ethics. Yes. 
And so um, we talked to her about that, and uh, it was really interesting. I was really kind of shocked by her answer. Yeah. It was really cool. And then we asked her brother, who's uh, like a year older than her, and he had a completely different answer, mm-hmm. which fell more into the stereotypical age group, age group mm-hmm. uh, answer. So it was really interesting uh, to, to talk to them about that and to explain kind of what ethics was, why it's important. And um, I really feel like, you know, we were able to kind of start the conversation of, you know, not everyone sees the world through the same lens as you, and that's a-okay. Mm. As long as they are not hurting you or hurting others, it's very cool for people to, you know, believe something different than you. Yeah. So, and, and you know, I think that that's something that we've kind of lost on, on both sides of the of the aisle right now is that, you know, there, there are so many people that I know that... I mean, I'm a, an extraordinarily liberal person, but uh, I think that my environment really helps me uh, understand people that are coming from a very conservative point of view as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to agree with one goddamn thing that they think, but uh, to be able to have a civil conversation, uh, I think makes makes me a, a better represent. A representative of, yeah. the, of my position. And we, um, we cannot imagine America where we don't support the same candidate right now, mm-hmm. but we do have different ultimate political aims or yeah. visions of an ideal candidate or an ideal platform mm-hmm. sort of a thing. So I would really look forward to the day someday when we can enthusiastically and with good nature support different folks yeah. for, for high office. I can't wait to make so many goofs about the candidate that you choose. <laughs> It's going to be nothing but goofs. Uh-huh. Civil goofs. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, that's going to be a great time. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Sure, I'm just going to live. Um. <laughs> Global warming, am I right? <laughs> and what if the household hippopotamuses come get us first? Stop it. How dare you? How dare you betray me on this podcast with that? People need to know there's a whole range of things that they're not afraid of yet that they should be. Okay, explain to the listeners what that means, because now it's not going to make any sense to so people. So, Veronica is very scared of another of a number of animals being in the home. That's, no, that's not how you phrased no, 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 it to it's me. It's not with hippopotamuses and everything like that. I just mean, like, I'm setting the stage that you, okay. you always are afraid of snakes being in the home, and you've got some good reason, too. As a kid, you had a strange lot of, lot of experiences where there were snakes randomly in your parents' homes, mm-hmm. or in your home, in your childhood homes, that, that scared you and gave you terrible scares that you have a lot, you carry a lot of trauma from that's just sort of at a primal level for you. Yeah. So belts, things like that, they're, they're snakes for a few moments in your life and then they become the belts again because mm-hmm. you're, you're very scared of that. So you have this constant preoccupation of the idea of there being animals in the house that are threatening to you in some way. I don't remember how the hippopotamus story started exactly, but you asked what what are you scared of because I'm never scared of any animal thing almost ever. Oh yeah, Sam is never afraid of any natural predator. Never ever. Never for a second, not even a little bit. Not afraid of natural predators. I'm very scared of a great number of things. I'm not supposed to say I'm a fearless person. He's not. Okay. I'm never afraid. <laughs> He's only afraid of awkward social encounters yeah. Yeah. and psychological issues. He's not afraid of real natural predators. I'm afraid of human beings as predators. That's not a natural predator. Oh, yeah, I'm only afraid of people. That's a peer. <laughs> I'm only afraid of peers. I'm not afraid of Like animals. I said, What's awkward over? social situations yes. where your peers try to kill you. Like guns. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's more awkward. <laughs> <laughs> than a gun. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny if it it would not be? But like, what if someone, uh, you know, like those old timey cartoons where they shoot the gun, uh-huh. but it's a flag that has a little word on yeah, it that bang. says "bang." But what if it was like awkward on the flag? Mm. Just an I read this thing about situation. these prisoners who were um, um, in extremely inhumane circumstances and around. But they had to shoot another cellmate of a gun they believed was real. And it was a flag Aww, gun. Oh, that's so fucking yeah, sad. Yeah, the person carried a lot of trauma from that. I, anytime that I see flag guns, I kind of think about like, ooh, that was... I under, I know about a situation where it was used to torture someone. Man, that's awful. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Torture doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But you were saying hippopotamus. Yes. So I think you're trying to quiz me on animals. Like, well, you got to be afraid of this, surely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are you afraid of... And it was kind of... Oh, you, I remember. You I didn't can... mean it in the context of household things, but I took it in that way, I think. Yeah, because you were asking about something snake-related. And uh-huh. I was like, well, you have to be afraid of something. If, and I was must... like, are you afraid of bears? No. Not even a black bear? No. A grizzly bear? No. A moose? No. We're getting colder. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Uh-huh. What about a hippopotamus? The least afraid possible. Yes, they're such a fucking deadly animal. They can run at 30 miles an hour. They're the strongest thing you could never, ever hope to kill. And they will fucking kill you. But I'm never going to see one. Never, ever. I can't imagine an animal I'm less afraid of than a hippopotamus. I'm more afraid of a squirrel. A squirrel could give me rabies. A hippopotamus can't crush me because I'm never going to see them. He says this. I've been bitten by a cat with rabies. Did I say the rabies thing of a squirrel to you? No, but I'm just saying. I'm just being more insensitive now. No, I'm just. I don't. I don't understand why it's insensitive. I'm just saying these are real things that happen That's to real true. people. Yeah, so a squirrel, like a raven, a small critter, <laughs> is a lot more fearsome to me than a hippopotamus because I will never see one oh. ever. So in you're the wild. afraid of more dex-based characters. I'm, I'm only afraid of things that have statistics that could harm someone in a circumstance like me in a general location that I'm at. What about sharks? No. T- incredibly unafraid. But I'm, what if you're in the ocean? I am significantly more afraid for a shark than for me. What? Because sharks get ki- killed at astronomical rates by human beings. But, sh- but human beings get killed at a statistically insignificant number by sharks. Okay. So are you telling me that when we went and saw that movie about the girl on the rock with the shark? Oh, I'm, I get scared of movies, but I'm not scared of them like in my life outside of the movie theater. I'm also not afraid of making noises outside of the good place or the scary place the or the pl- quiet place. The quiet place. <laughs> the medium place. The medium place. <laughs> All right, Sam. Well, you're not afraid of anything except for social awkward situations. I think people can harm me and will and have and do. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of any other predator, any non-human predator. Let me just wait. One day I'm going to save you from the clutches of a of an almost hippopotamus attack. <laughs> I say almost hippopotamus attack because if the hippopotamus is attacking, I probably won't interfere. You shouldn't. Because There's nothing to be done. Yeah. I might shoot you so that you don't have to experience. <laughs> They're not the Borg. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to come back and harm you with the knowledge that I have. <laughs> Maybe I'll live. Don't shoot me. Shoot me if I'm a Borg. Don't shoot me if I'm a, being attacked by hippopotamus. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. You can quote me on this. Okay, but you called it for yourself. 
Just telling you. <laughs> I am putting a lot of hippopotamus vibes out there into the universe you're saying. So yeah. if you're really good at the universe came back and hippopotamus to me. Oh no. Hippopotamus me hippopotamus me daddy. <laughs> what the fuck? I was just thinking about shooting a giraffe in the throat. What? Why? <laughs> I thought that you loved me. I do, but I was just wondering what would All happen. Right, thanks, Adam Bash. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what would happen if you, you shot it in the neck? You don't need to harm me anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Like, nothing can hurt you, Sam. You're not afraid of anything, well, right? I'm afraid of people, and you're a person who fear right now because you're talking about harming things that I love. You love me. I do. Don't harm giraffes. There's so few saying... of them. I have to live through them going extinct. Sam, there's only one of me. I have to, like, me. get that through in my lifetime, and there's I'm just not looking forward me. to it. There's no. one. I'm going to go extinct one day. That's not how extinction works. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, wait. What if I am my own species? <gasps> I think you're singular. Maybe. Oh, the cutest thing happened today. So speaking of which, I was just thinking about myself as a mermaid. But um, our daughter's cousin, Paris, came over. And she was like, do you remember when we went to Scarborough Fair? And there were real mermaids. And she's like... She grabs my hand. She's like, no, I touched its leg, and it was strong. And she's <laughs> like, its tail was strong. That's how I knew it was real. <laughs> she is so like, happy oh, about it. So cute. She's very cute. She's so yeah, funny. She was a hilarious good. person. So, in any event, uh, be a mermaid. Don't shoot a giraffe. Don't shoot a Sam if he is under attack by a hippo, apparently. Only the Borg. Yeah, that's it. So. Okay, bye. Borg me, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.